general nerdery. I was a giant pain in the ass about this before we started, so this might even be the worst intro of all time, but like we've changed how our microphone setup is on all of this, and uh, I am really close to the like spit catcher part. It's not a spit catcher, but the, the... The technical term is a pee popper. Okay, the pee popper, <laughs> and I feel like I'm about to lick it at any point. Or Just a windscreen. Like windscreen, yeah. It's the thing that you put in front of the microphone, so I'm not the worst thing to edit of all time. Um. Mostly so you... Only the second worst. Who's the worst? I shouldn't say that. Oh, it's definitely me. Okay, you definitely no, looked no. right at... Ty- uh, at <laughs> no, <laughs> well, he definitely side-eyed me right as I was saying. It's definitely me, so I'm 100% yeah, That was screwed. mostly just because you started making noise. Oh. It was I, like, oh, God, I, what's over oh. there? No, it's... Uh, you're just taking... I don't know who the next worst would be. Okay, fair but enough. But with, with that in the way, also, you're that, no longer the worst. That's, that's the worst thing to ask someone on like recording tell me about who's a bad person at a thing anyways welcome to general nerdery your podcast about liking things i'm zach i'm tyler and i'm self-conscious about my uh piece that i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> steven's uh, here you, you already heard him he's already talked um i mean i ha- if you want i have another one of those somewhere we can figure it out during our break <laughs> Uh, I'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> we're professionals <laughs> left-handed of, uh, of general nerdery steven here Again. 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 I kind of am confused when he's not anymore, if we're being 100% honest. No, that's so, true. That's uh, very true. It just depends on whether or not I got a real real steeze for what we're recording, I guess. Which anime always gets me. Yep. Which is funny, because this morning you were like, I don't know if I have much to say about this, so we'll find out. Uh, but before that, what have we been ingesting? Uh, what have we... What have I been ingesting? So I... Finish the season of Miracle Workers, uh, but we have plans to talk about that more later, so I won't say much right now. But I mean, still, does it like you were saying? It it's one my of favorite. Season. Okay, yeah, it's that's... my favorite season. Uh, yeah, one one hundred percent. Plus, it's really funny. I, did you guys catch any? It I have seen it was, none of it yet. Well, when the last episode aired, there was a little bit of like uh, not a backlash, but like a. Uh, an idea that got flared out and around the the nerdosphere. It didn't catch on huge. It wasn't like giantly viral, but um, the idea of Daniel Radcliffe as our new Wolverine. (laughs) I didn't know where that came (sighs) from. I love that idea. I'm wicked in for that. Other than like, I feel like he should not do franchises. I mean, unless he wants to, unless he wants to. Unless he has, like, a, a hard golden parachute of, like, ripcord ability on any project he does of, like, fuck it, I'm out. Well, it's like Robert Pattinson on Batman. He's like, I don't need to do franchises ever again. I did Twilight, but I want to in this specific case, so I can. Yeah, I probably would want to be Batman in that situation, too. <laughs> you know, it would be the most interesting Wolverine that Wolverine has been since um, X-23 was Wolverine and all-new Wolverine. I'm still a little bit on board the uh, the Jared Kiso train after Shorzy. Uh, I can't especially wait with, for Shorzy season two. Say, it's so soon. Since we have so much more Shorzy coming up. But. Like, I want to be like, he's too tall for it. But we also let fucking Hugh Jackman, who's like 6'3", do it. So it's, Who's way too tall It's lost. It. It's a lost cause on that fight. But You just put everybody on Apple boxes. He can be short still. I want the, short Wolverine back. I want him to be 5'3". Oh, I just don't know. I want him we've to be 5'2", and I want him to be hairy as all fuck. That's it. I mean, hairy is more important than 
short, but short is just also. I want fun. a real bear of a man. Even in the comics, they generally illustrate him as being like six one, especially in the last twenty years because mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. I remember uh, Derek Robertson, best known for Transmet and being the original artist on The Boys. Fucking great. He got the Wolverine solo series and he was so excited. And they're like, you need to base him off Hugh Jackman. He's like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me draw my hairy little man. That's funny. Um, What else? I'm, I think there's a couple episodes left in the season, but I'm all caught up on uh, Reservation Dogs. And it continues to be just fucking magical. Like, I don't. We're, at some point, we're going to have to do episodes on it, because I don't know how to explain this show, but I'm into it. you're going to love it. Like, you're 100% going to love I'm, it. I'm, I'm down. Uh, Taika produced that one? Produced it. Okay. I, I'm only asking because my brain, like, you mentioned Reservation Dogs, and I suddenly went, our flag means death is almost back. Like, That's true. Why oh, did yeah. I think of that? Yes. Okay. Now I'm with us. I need and there, there are little... The trailer looks great. I know we're not doing trailers because uh, support the strike, yada, 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 but, like... Uh, there are little Taika shoutouts in the backgrounds. Uh, the the biggest one being that like the energy drink. Uh, that instead of like monster in all the the vending machines in the background, it's all scucks. I don't. Which is it's new. It's New Zealand slang, but it's also like a big part of a uh, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, mm. which is a magical movie. Watch oh. Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> Holy cow, watch Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> 100% second. That movie is incredible. I got to see that at the Roxy, and it was just absolutely magical. It's chef kiss, just well, like charming. Well, we're f- wrapping up the summer of anime that goes well into October, or well into September. Uh, maybe next season, next summer, we'll do the summer of Taika that will go well into mm-hmm. October. Uh, yeah, it's, the, it's where the little kid from Deadpool 2 came from. I've still never seen Deadpool 2. Oh. Um, it's also got I know who you're talking about, but the guy from Jurassic Park that I'm ashamed I'm Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Um, uh, yes. I wanted to say Sam Elliott. I'm like, that's not correct. <laughs> that's not so. I, I was about to say I was ashamed that I couldn't Would remember his Sam name. With dinosaurs. Holy shit. Why do we not make the movies? Oh, man. We should just make the movies. <laughs> Sam Elliott as a cowboy riding dinosaurs? Yeah. That's what. As a ghost rider riding dinosaurs? Yeah. That yeah. beats the shit out of the, like, Ghost Rider on a Mammoth, which was already fucking cool. Hell fucking yes, I need this in the world to exist. We only got so long. Sam Elliott is not young. That's true. That's true. Um, can, can, can I think he was ever young. I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of him from, like, before white hair. Oh, wow, that does... That, does it, he has... He's going gray in Roadhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's... <laughs> Always been gr- like a grizzled old man. <laughs> Baby pictures of Sam Elliott have the mustache. It's it's Benjamin Button, but they they he didn't get younger. Well, he's not young in fucking uh, Born Big old- Lebowski, and that is uh, like what thirty year old movie now. That man is a fucking treasure. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> but sorry, anyways. Um, no, I was just gonna say, and then also to go along with the fact that this is a Gundam episode, I kind of went uh, hard in the paint for Giant Max and started it in a, on Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, and bought Armored Core Six and have been playing that. So mm-hmm. now you were telling us before that you were like, I think I like Evangelion better. I oh. do. <laughs> 
still. But in fact, I only got a couple episodes in and had to rip myself away so that I would actually pay attention to Gundam. But I will still maintain this is not a knock on Evangelion. It's a fucking amazing series. It is not a good giant robot series. No, no, it's not. <laughs> that's why I fought against it when we were. No, debating. I, I 100% agree with that. Like, this is the choice to go with for a giant robot series. I do want to do Evangelion someday. I've realized I don't like real robot, giant robot series. I was going to say, this might buy... Gundam I, was the choice. Whether this one or not was the choice we can get into later. I well, like super giant robot ones. Talk about I've, it. I've, this is a thing that I've realized in personal preference after having watched this and looking back at the other mecha anime that I really enjoy. I was like, ooh, I like weird shit that's super uh, super robots, not re real robots. Interestingly, considering everything you've just said, I don't know if I've ever been so willing to like fight you on a cause that I'm with. Of, like, the, oh, it's purely pref <laughs> personal preference. Oh, I know. I'm just usually like, give me the like fairy tale weird shit. And this one, I'm like, hey, the mess team is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> um, but that is for after the break. <laughs> It, yes. I say as I'm the one that just started that. So if that's on me, <laughs> don't get me I'm, wrong here. Like I will admit, <laughs> my bad. But uh, Armored Core. Armored, armored Core is great. Like, I've been having a blast. This is my first Armored Core. Um, but, like, I don't know. Ever since Elden Ring, I'm probably going to trust everything that FromSoft decides to drop. So... I was like, why not? And it's more giant mechs, and I'm having a blast, and it's nowhere near as hard as their other games so far. I mean, I played Armored Core. Most My era of Armored Core is up before Armored Core 3. Now, there is about 10 games in that era, so it's one of, it's one of those series. Armored Core. Armored Core Armored Arena. Armored Core Project Phantasma. Armored Core something something something. Armored Core 2. Armored Core 2, 2. I think there is an Armored Core 2 something, something, something. Like, and then 3, four, and then like they eventually were like, all right, let's start doing it this way. But the whole thing is wild. That is, that is old school video game stuff for me. Yeah, not for me. That's fair. That wasn't me, but it's me now. There was a, it looks sick what I what we saw of you playing. There was a PlayStation. It wasn't PlayStation Magazine, but it, it was a PlayStation themed magazine. You know, back when those still existed before the internet really took off, uh, that had a section where people would mail in their armored core designs and they would just put out like six a month mm. that you could mm -hmm. like watch and base off of. And fuck, I loved it so much. But that's been me. I just take that back. I have uh, one other thing. It's I'm always, it's, it's never you always, just you always done have with you. one more thing. <laughs> well, I looked at Steven, this reminded me. <laughs> Because have you been consuming me? No, 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 no. Um, I can leave if you guys need me to. Or... No, it's hold on a moment. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> it's because it reminded me of Food Wars, and when I think of Food Wars, I think of you being here. <laughs> so I started in on the bear last night, and it's amazing. It's everything people have said it is. Oh gosh, I need to. I need the bear's to. pretty high on my list of shit that I should probably get to. Holy shit, it is much tenser than I thought it was going to be by some of the descriptions, but in not a bad way. Um, and at the end of the day, it's still a show. It's gruff, but it's a show that's very much about people trying to make a dream come true and having to just hope really hard. 
Mm-hmm. It's fucking fantastic so far. I, I, I've heard it's also got some gloriously good food porn in it. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like all that Food Wars we did just really set me up even more to, to really dig it. And the story is really neat. And like, it's like this young up and coming chef who was like the highlight of the food world goes back to work at his family's deli mm-hmm. because like hot beef greasy sandwich spoon, shop, greasy kinda. spoon place uh, in Chicago where because of a, a tragedy in his family and he has to take over the, the family business and they are not doing well. Not at all. Not even close. And he's finding out even more of the debt that they're in. So, but he's also from like that that high end. Yeah, he's world. from super high end. Where, where he's talking about dropping a couple grand on a on a chef knife type situation, probably coming home to a Chicago eatery. Mm-hmm. Um, who's his? He has a brother in this, right? Who's his brother? Yeah, in that? or it's his. Uh, it's his cousin. Cousin. Um, and it's, oh God, what's his name? Or do you know what he's from other than yeah, this show? Um, he was in fucking Andor, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. He's the, he's the dude that Andor ends up killing. This means nothing to you. I know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that guy. Okay. Yeah. I knew I had seen him somewhere. Um, what is his, what was, let me take a look at this real quick. Someone I follow on Tumblr posts GIFs of it, and I have to, like, skirt through it real quick so I don't have it spoiled because I want to watch it. Um, but I've seen that he's in it. I was like, ooh, he's in that? I love that guy. Eben Moss Bachrock? He was David Lieberman in The Punisher. That's what I'm thinking of. He was Frederick the Bellboy in The Royal Tenenbaums. Really? <laughs> yeah. I have not seen the Royal Tannenbaums in a long time. I remember liking it. He was one of the guys in Stealth. You guys remember Stealth? I remember Stealth. That movie's terrible. Oh, is he one of the computer guys in that movie? It's the one, the the AI stealth bomber that yeah. like decides it's Jessica gonna... Jessica Biel, Jamie Foxx, and the guy that I can't remember. Holy any, shit, his name, I but... forgot that, who the cast was on that. Is that Lucas Lee is his name? That's probably not it. But he's also in Sweet Home Alabama. He's the love uh, protagonist in that movie. Love interest? Something like that. Doesn't matter. That's a, that's a wildly stupid fun movie. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. The show's the show is amazing. It is Josh Lucas, the person who I I knew there was back. Lucas in there somewhere. It's kind of Food Wars mixed with Ted Lasso minus all the fan service and add just like a lot more anxiety. It it does Ooh. come up in a lot of like you liked Ted Lasso, try the bear. It's weirdly true. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. Yeah. Not that's in what the I, same way, but like also in kind of the same It's in the way. same way that I saw a lot of those about Shorzy as well. Yeah, kind of the same. Like <laughs> it's the anti Ted Lasso Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's not, but it is, but it's not. But it is. Yeah, I need to figure out what that thing is because it is what I love about when I watch anime. There are certain things where I, f- I find that and it, 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 it strikes that emotional chord that I don't know how to describe, but it's like Ted Lasso does it. Um, 
Comey kind of did it for me at certain points, but there's certain things that it's just like some of it's about relaxing. Some of it is about like people earnestly striving, I think is really fulfilling. Yeah, I think that's it. Also, there's a character that reminds me hardcore <laughs> of Megumi. And I'm just like, yes, you've sold me more than anyone else has now. It's this... just it's just this dude wanting to become a really good pastry chef. Oh, God. Yeah. We've watched enough anime in the last couple months that I was like, Megami, Megami, shit, which one am I going? Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. With you. <laughs> and now okay. I'm done. Up now to I'm... CA. Until you think of something else, but that's fair. Um, I started watching Chuck. Yeah. Um, after, I fell off Chuck. So this is like perfect it. timing. Um, I'm, I'm like four episodes in at most. Um, I'm, that's, that's it. It's just like over my weekend and I decided to start watching Chuck. Uh, How is it holding up for you? Fairly good. It's interesting because my partner's never seen any of it and she was doing some studying while, mm -hmm. while I was watching it and just, so I'm like explaining stuff to her. It's like, so like, it, like this thing happens, but it, it's okay because it's a big thing later and don't worry about it. And this guy does this and that. <laughs> so it's fun. I'm enjoying it. The soundtrack is very good. Yeah. That's... Um, it's definitely 2000 era TV. Uh, there's some bad CGI in the first early episodes, um, especially of the, the nerd herder uh, car. Like I specifically they punch in a thing and he has GPS tracking put into the car in the second episode. Like they don't even talk about it. It's just like out of nowhere. It's just like, Oh yeah, we, we souped up your car while you weren't looking. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they will at the end of, I think season three blow up the buy more, the like best buy. And it is the shittiest CGI building explosion I've seen in a, it was not good for 2000, it wasn't good for when it came, came out, out yeah, for like, network television to be <laughs> prime time network television to be putting out. It was very low quality. No, but I mean, that's not why you watch that. Yeah, no, show but it's, necessarily. It's, it, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, I've also been watching Miracle Workers. I am in the middle of season three. Just finished. I don't remember. Have you seen Oregon I, Trail before? I'm pretty sure I was on the Oregon Trail. Okay. Episode. You were not on one oh, of them. I can I, just never remember which. I can't. I think I was on the Oregon Trail, or I was I was on one of them, and I was supposed to be on the Oregon Trail. Okay, either mm. way, but uh, doesn't matter. But I've seen all three seasons. You, you, both of you got me hooked on it, and it's a fantastic show, and I love it, and I'm excited to get into. I have four. the hardest time selling people on this show, and I don't know why. Because anytime I explain, like Steve Buscemi and Daniel Radcliffe, people are like, "Yeah, that sounds great," and then they just don't watch it. I think season four is going to be the easiest sell. Be like, you don't even have to watch the others. They're all anthologies anyway. And all, honestly, the couple times I've sold it to people, I usually just curtail it specific to see, like, I just recommended Dark Ages to a couple of people at work because they're very much into D&D &D and fantasy stuff. Well, right and that's now. what got me into it. Like, I saw ads for season two and I had heard of it and went, oh, that's interesting. Like, for the first season and didn't watch it. Mm -hmm. And then went. Oh, funny fantasy. I'm such a sucker for fantasy comedy. And uh, it, it was in a conversation while someone was recommending Gallivant to me, which I still haven't watched. Ooh, Gallivant's fucking great. Which is what uh, Carissa at work told me. Um, and I then recommended uh, Miracle Worker Season 2. Uh, 
Yeah, it's such a fucking good show. Season, and they're all so good in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like I, so having only seen the first three seasons, I think the first season's concept is like the strongest and like the best concept of uh, of them. It is probably the most cohesively solid of all of them. Like season two is my personal favorite of a concept, and and like writing wise, but season three I think is the funniest season and has like the most my like God, season three just so- like rip roaring like bits for i like the the relationship of the main two in season three best and we'll talk about this more next week too but next time too um daniel radcliffe made me laugh so fucking hard as the like piece of shit prince in some of his things like the guy's like basically freezing death and he's like i'm kind of form I could just carry my coat and like leaves (laughs) with it i was literally about to reference that same bit too it's so good he's phenomenal um yeah, Dan Radcliffe is just charming, and I highly recommend that show. Um, what else? I just think of the ball slapping bike in three. That Cece was worried about me with how hard I laugh anytime that scene comes oh up. God. Every time that scene comes <laughs> up, uh, we just got to the episode where he starts to do snake oil. So, oh, okay. and that one's got Paul F. Tompkins, not yes. the huge role, but and, I love. Paul and F. he Tompkins. does his burlesque number in that one. It's so fucking good. Mm. Oh yeah, that's right. It's yeah, I yeah, charming show. Love it. Season three might have to win. So again, not having seen season four, not having seen season four, but like I feel like they're all phenomenal seasons contextually, like in insular ways. I might rewatch all of this before. Okay, that's that's for two weeks from now. And I just (laughs) did, which is perfect timing. So, Um, and then also related but unrelated, I started watching the first Gundam movie. Oh, okay. It is only available subtitled for me. I don't know if they ever did a dub. They did. I have a friend that has them. Um, uh, then I might try and track down the dub so I can actually fucking pay attention to it. My ADHD did not now, let me finish it. As a quick reference, Gundam came out about the same time as Castle Cagliostro, the original one. So it's a late 70s anime. 79? I don't know. It's either 77 or 79. I think 79. A series that uh, ran for like a good long, like sixty plus episodes. Fifty-two, I think. Oh, really? Like, I don't know. Like, but either way, like, nearly sixty episodes in that in that ballpark. in that range. Um, it is, and then the first movie is just they they condensed the whole series down to three or four movies. I think it's three movies. So, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but just like context for when we say the first movie, that's what it. Yes, is. and I was gonna contextualize that too. Sorry. So. I, mm. I you did the work for me. I don't, I no need to apologize. Dick today. I don't. Hey, need to be. I like people on my dick. It's usually pretty <laughs> nope, good. We're done. Don't we're apologize. Done. Just don't phrase it that way. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't think about it that way. Everything's my fault today, and I admit this. Okay, <laughs> I'll agree. I, I'm not going to argue. Anyways, the first movie. Uh, yeah, no, I got about halfway through into it. It's super cool. Like it's definitely in that same animation style that we. Of like mm-hmm. that era of like Lupin, everything's so much rounder. Yeah, it's super soft, but also I very much like to see the because we're going to talk about the a more modern iteration of Gundam, the the carry through of a lot of the designs that just like well, that's a gun tank, that's a gun tank, and that's that's a, a, a Ziku what's Zaku the, Zaku. I was like, yeah, that that's what your guys's uniforms are just going to look like. It was nice. It was fun. 
Um, I didn't get a chance to finish it because of the ADHD issues with the dub sub yeah, thing, personal thing. So um, problems with sub the same way. Um, but like, also, I do appreciate the more accurate translation of subs. So yeah, there, there's no wrong answer. It's just what's right for you. I will say about OAMS Team, at least Hulu has like the subtitles of it on the dubbed version are for the dubbed version of it. That's true. Yeah. So like it's a little slow, but the lines are all there. That yes, so. that can be jarring when you get when you don't have that. Um, I do actually sometimes appreciate it though because I will sometimes just do a rewatch through and it helps figure out what the major difference is. Oh, it's quickly. definitely interesting. It just was also really refreshing to not have that like I'm reading and watching two separate things. Um, and then I also watched the sweetest thing for the first time, romantic comedy from the nineties. Oh, with who? Thomas Jane as the Ooh, maybe I never did see the sweetest uh, thing. So it very much has like a uh, something about say, Mary, I'm into rom coms, but something about Mary kind of like level of raunchy late late nineties two thousands humor. Something about Mary was pretty raunchy. Yeah, um, uh, but it has um, Cameron Diaz, Selma oh, Blair, so very something about Mary, and oh, why am I forgetting her name? Christina Applegate. They're out partying. They meet a dude, Thomas Jane. Who's the fucking Punisher, just as a reminder? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to remind myself I was watching just the motherfucking I, Punisher there. I also have a the Punisher was involved thing for this week. Also fucking, um, oh, why am I totally blanking on his name? But Arrested Development. Main guy? Main guy. Oh. Um. Literally, I can remember that he was on Little House in the Prairie, but I can't think of his name. They're out at, they meet these two Jason dudes. Something? Jason's, um, what is it? You're right on Jason. Bateman. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman and Thomas Jane are playing brothers, um, out for <laughs> partying for a bachelor Sorry. party for one of them. Um, and they meet these three women and like Christina, no, Cameron Diaz is like hardcore. Like I won't ever get into a relationship until it's right. I'm, I'm just going to fucking party. And then the orgy begin. Nope, wrong movie. What up, Thomas Jane? <laughs> Wink, how you doing after I just called you an asshole? Wait, Thomas Jane was in an episode of Arrested Development. Um, And then it turns into That's a- Thomas Jane. That's <laughs> Thomas Jane. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I'm just like just floored by that concept. But then it turns into a road trip comedy of them trying to go to the wedding so she can meet Thomas Jane. Because she doesn't- because she, she it, needs she, to be punished. She, well, she needs to be punished. Yeah, um, but there's <laughs> there's a whole bit about a glory hole that's super fucking ac- uneducated about what an actual glory hole is. Um, it's on the wall behind the toilet in this movie. Oh, how are you supposed to get to that? Exactly. Yeah, on how? either side of the equation. And it's also like oh it's, god, it's it, just it, in a trucker's about. men's room, which is the colloquial concept, but it's. A penis coming through it from the other side. So, like, so where the? How do you? In, in the wall? Someone's just on the other side of the trucker's men's room. No, somebody's in the wall. Someone's <laughs> in the wall. Like, is it like? Excuse me, I have to get around this plumbing here. Does, um, someone, um, does someone in this truck stop work? Is this someone's job? I I don't know, but it's it was a fun dumb movie. Really gotta clean these pipes. <laughs> God, very raunchy, very uh, slapsticky comedy. It was a a good time. My partner was very familiar with it. I'd seen it several times. Wild cast of people in it. Um, I feel like I'm gonna have to watch it. Uh, I, I, I do enjoy it. Tempted too. <laughs> like, it's on Netflix. Like... It's fun. I I I 
I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't think it was at I'm least worth watching. probably going to watch this and have my wife be like, what the fuck, Zach? Like, this is so off-brand. Oh, and I didn't even touch on all the, the weird Ron. There's some wild shit in this movie. It is weird. That doesn't... Some of it doesn't get... Does not get explained. <laughs> Sounds like a movie from the 90s. Yeah. And, and I think it's like... Not even 90s. I think it's like... Early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Cameron Diaz is a definite moment in time. Oh, yeah. Wasn't she in the Green Hornet? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seth Rogen kept trying to sleep with Cameron Diaz in that movie. When I think of her in green, I just think of the mask. Which she had quite a run. I mean, I think of the mask all the time anyway. Yeah. I love that movie. I don't even like Jim Carrey. And Do I you like consider the mask, so. the mask a romantic comedy? Because some people consider that movie a romantic comedy. Romance is enough of a part of it that I can see where they're coming from, but I don't think of it as primarily a romance. I would call it a comedy fantasy movie with a, with a romantic subplot. Yeah. I remember watching it recently and having, like, it turns out that Stanley Ipkiss wrote in a letter being like, nice guys finish last, and I'm like, wow, that scene did not age well with the modern nice guys incel bullshit. Oh, well, it, that that sentiment never really worked well in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> oh poor me, I'm so good. I fucked up and I'm last. Oh my god. I was listening to a true crime podcast and we got to uh, it got to Elliot Rogers, the like supreme ju- he's like the patron saint of the incel world. Mm. It it does not matter. It's he's the worst of the worst when it comes to that. That's all. Gross. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. I have had a weird week of I've not couple weeks of I've not really been able to focus on anything. I mean, it you know happens, and I had like a wedding and people Heard. and like mm-hmm. blah, blah blah blah. So I've started a lot of things, but not re- you know. I started a comic that I've been meaning to read forever called The Fearsome Doctor Fang, that is pretty much a yellow peril. Like, uh, uh, I was wondering with that name, anyway. Fu Manchu comic, but it is written by a Chinese man who is playing with those tropes. It's really fucking good from the like little bit that I've read. It, it, and then let's see, I watched a bit of Make Some Noise from Dropout, it's the College Humor guys. It is just a, I mean, it's got a kind of whose lines, anyways, kind of thing of uh, a person prompts these actors to come up with bizarre concepts and they just have to roll with it. Like uh, one of the most recent ones was you are a Confederate soldier writing a redder letter that is trying to subtly like go the direction of sexting. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like trying to get someone to start sexting, but through, yeah. Um, My dearest prudence. <laughs> basically. Yeah. What was that called again? Uh, make some noise. Make some noise. There's a bunch of clips on like TikTok and Tumblr and YouTube, and I am so very lonely at the front. <laughs> <laughs> Have you mounted the cannons? <laughs> like um, Wayne Brady's on an episode of it. It's a spinoff of a show called Game Changer that had Giancarlo Esposito on an episode. Of oh, it. Like, see, I've heard of Game Changer. It, that's got like Brian Lee Mulligan. In yes, it. yes. It's yes. a lot of the same people, but it's much shorter format. Oh, interesting. Then, like, Game Changer is themed for the whole episode. This is literally just, like, do this, do this. Do okay. Uh, it's it's funny. It's good. Uh, as I said, I kind of... I got to the point where the two main characters and Chuck get together and fell off. 
and I will get back on that horse, but like, I was like, yep, there's the emotional satisfaction I've been waiting for. And done. Uh, <laughs> and no need to finish this knowing how it ends. I actually don't hate the ending as much as most people do, but... Oh, I really fucking hate it. That's <laughs> but also... The final I, scene is really good. It's just like two episodes of punishment to get to the final scene. But also, I can't think of any other series that does that. Yeah, no, it was ballsy. Um, but anyways, kind of following that same vein, though, I started watching Kim Possible. Ooh, I mean, Kim Possible is the Kim show. Kim Possible is great. Kim Possible is the show that I did not like. Naked Mole, right? Kim Possible. My favorite and, uh, voice actor, D. Bradley Baker. Uh, he also voices Appa and Naga. And Momo. And all of the clones in the Clone Wars stuff. Oh, yeah. He's phenomenal. <laughs> he's amazing. Uh, and a character in Star Trek. Oh, God. Who else is... I I can't think of... Uh, the, the guy who plays Ron Possible also played Will Terry McGinnis. Will I love Will Friedel. Friedel? Friedel. 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 I mean, I, it's Friedel. I even yeah, like that, him in Boy Meets right. World. And Boy Meets World is not... Good. It doesn't. But I have seen the good. entire run multiple times. I love Boy Meets World. Oh, I love it, but it doesn't hold up for me as an adult. Boy Meets World. Uh, yes, but any scene with Will Friedel does. Yes, because <laughs> I love him. Uh, I haven't gotten very far. As I said, almost everything. The only thing that I've really like kept up with is Ahsoka, which I still need to start in on. Which remains fucking incredible. CC and I are all about that. I mean, again, we're huge Rebels fans, so. Here we are. Uh, also has a Punisher reference in it, too. Or not reference. Uh, a guy who plays a Dark Jedi played Punisher in Punisher Warzone. Oh, that's Ray, right. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson, who's, who's fucking phenomenal in anything he does. But in uh, he's so interesting in Ahsoka. But also fucking Punisher Warzone. Legitimately fucking slaps. That movie is rad as shit. I don't like the Punisher, and I like Punisher Warzone. Warzone and Dread are the two most comic accurate movies ever made. Yeah. Warzone, yeah. I feel really bad for the director, Alexi Alexander, because she got all but blacklisted after that movie for it's a long story. Uh, it's a and a lot of real horse shit and probably doesn't deserve it. Cause I mean, I didn't like it's it's not an amazing movie, but it it did its job way better so, than the first fucking Punisher did. Some of the reviews of the movie from like professional critics were like, uh, the thought, the deranged thoughts of this director should never be made onto another movie and like blaming her, bla like legit blaming her for like all of the shit that goes on in the movie, even though most of it was just lifted straight from the comics. Oh, just because it was too violent or something? Do they okay. forget how movies work? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, this person directing it, that's, you know, just, like, telling people where to stand on the, on the day. Yeah, they wrote it. They specifically people wanted all of really this. People really overstate how important directors are. I mean, yes. Well, and sometimes, I mean, I recognize that sometimes directors are like, I also wrote this, and I'm the reason this is happening, yada, yada, you know, because we have, like, Martin Scorsese. Even but, even our tour, like, fucking directors, like, Steven Soderbergh, who fucking writes and directs and edits, um, uh, usually under uh, pseudonyms for two of those three things <laughs> because he doesn't want all the credit. It's a challenging job to do all of them, but it's also a fucking movie and it all has to come together and work together. Yeah. A lot of people have to be on their shit to you. It, it is a challenging job to get 
the role out to get a performance of what you're looking for out of an actor on the day um, and to get them where they need to be to give that role and to understand what you're looking for from a filmic perspective of weaving together a story and having it all in your head and knowing that this on the day is going to look right compared to what you have three days ago. So it's a challenge, but also at the same time, that's not what that fucking person is doing. <laughs> they did not write this fucking movie. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wild. Um, the story is actually really interesting and long. She's talked about it on multiple podcasts. And another person who's talked about it is Patton Oswalt goes hard in the paint for Punisher Warzone. Which is why oh, I saw this movie for would. the first time. I never, I, like, I didn't, I, it kind of, I feel like got real hardcore, like, dropped from, like, release after mm-hmm. it came out. Like, people, like, I don't, I don't. It was also in a really weird period, because it came out before Iron Man. Yes? Yes. Like, I don't remember what year it was, but that sounds or right around that. It was before, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it did not exist. They yet. were still trying to they make were... a cinematic universe. They had made the Hulk. They had made the Thomas Jane movie, uh, Punisher. Yeah, movie. and everyone kind of thought superhero movies were dying because I mean, the X Men was the closest we'd gotten to a huge franchise. And did we have Spider Man by? Oh, we would have had the first mm-hmm. three Spider Man things, yeah. but like. I don't know. Spider-Man never felt like a franchise in the same way that a lot of... But also, others. like, its existence was the reason that, like, they were still trying to make other superhero mm-hmm. movies. They weren't trying to make the cinematic universe that we know of today at that point. No, I mean, they, they were just trying to make comic book movies. Comic yeah. movies. Yeah. Really, when it comes to comic book movies, you have before Iron Man and after Iron Man. And it was one of the last superhero movies before Iron Man. Also, like, I think Dark Knight was coming out at the same time, too. Which or at least Batman changed, Begins had kind of changed so the like, whole game in a different direction for what DC was doing and what could be done for superhero movies. It was ju- it just came out in a really strange period for superhero movies, which did not work in its favor. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't see it until after hearing Patton Oswalt go wicked hard in the paint for it, and I was like, oh well, Patton Oswalt has fucking really good taste in things. I like his taste in things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if he has really good taste. I like his taste. Uh, is what I'll say. Um, and it's fucking fun. It's so good. So good. Ray Stevens. As- Asaka. Ahsoka. 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 <laughs> um, no, Ray Stevens. I mean, he's had almost nothing to do so far. He's mostly been there to be like, I'm a mysterious Jedi that's fallen to the dark side. I'm like, yeah, you are. Also, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, RIP, he did pass. Yeah, no, oh, I uh, yeah. literally, they, uh, the first episode is dedicated to our friend Ray. I was just like, oh, no. he's like, I don't what who is Ray? I'm like it's the Jedi, Dark <laughs> Punisher died. Like, she's never fucking even heard of Punisher Warzone. I bet you. So, uh, and then I started, and I've read it before, but I've never finished it. So I've been meaning to. The Jim Zub D and D comics has a lot of like Minsk and Boo and characters from like the earlier Baldur's Gate games who I think at least appear in this one, which Baldur's Gate 3 coming out is what reminded me because I don't have Baldur's Gate 3 or a way to play it. It was like, all right, many good games coming out and I I don't have enough time in the day. Yeah, it sounds like three bangers came out. I don't have anything to play them. (laughs) Three bangers came out in the space of like two weeks after a pretty dry year or so. And I think we're like a month away from the new Mortal Kombat. 
and you know how I go. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no promise of the quality of that one, but it is Mortal Kombat, so it'll be fun. I feel like with what I've... I, I haven't been playing a lot of video games this year, but I feel like with what I've heard people talking about, it hasn't been, like, a bad year. It's been dry, like you say. Like, it's been, like, sl- fewer, but lots of really fucking bangers. Over well, the I, it's I basically, it's been like, fewer until this month. Well, and just also... Which is also kind of... the yearly thing diablo f- what is it four the most recent one oh yeah diablo four kind of hit with a fizzle like it got a lot of attention for a week and then just disappeared it hit big and then some of the patches and nerfs really did a number on how the game actually plays oh that sucks Bummer. uh and then like you know i mean pokemon scarlet and violet was i think last year or early this year but my ascent, my uh, my uh, I don't know what time is. Time doesn't exist anymore. I it was forgot. last year because I was playing it on the plane in January. <laughs> and but, I, and uh, I was also thinking of like Elden Ring, which definitely came out last year. Elden Ring, but like Scarlet and Violet, I like those games, but they needed fucking work. Oh yeah, which I think the people like one of the heads at uh, Pokemon Company uh, or Niantic, whoever Niantic, make, no, not Niantic, Niantic uh, is Game Freak. Uh, whoever makes yes, these games, Game like the mainline games, has like they basically said, we're gonna slow down for. Production a little bit on these games, but they're not going to be putting them out every year. I love the man, the number of like panicked uh, game company heads who were like, Baldur's Gate 3 is so good that they're putting on reasonable expectations for game quality. Like, no, you just have to fucking like try. Yeah, you guys <laughs> haven't tried. Did you guys try? Without being try. a dickhead <laughs> to your people. Like, um, that's mostly it for me. Like, you know. Gundam. Gundam. A lot of Gundam. Possibly a lot more Gundam. Like, we might have reignited something in me here, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Sounds like a good time for a break for me. Sweet. So this show is way fucking darker than I remember it being when I watched it on Toonami when I was 12 years old. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a lot of the thing was during the daytime. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um... I, did did you adjust the settings on your TV? We are like weirdly aggressive this episode <laughs> with each other. I'm not against it. I just, uh, okay, so I straight up bullied us into doing this show. Like, if we're being honest, I um, we said we want to do giant robots. I automatically was like, we got to do Gundam for two reasons. One, when it comes to the giant robot genre, Gundam is the most influential. Yeah. There 100%. are swords, there's Zoids, there's all sorts of great... Dude, Zoids would be such a fun... Not right now, but Zoids would be a great episode to do. You I'd know, be there. Started with Gigantor and all sorts of stuff, but like... Gigantor. Gigantor's fucking Gigantor, sweet. But Gundam Gigantor. changed what you could do with giant robot stuff. And then I fought, and again, bullied us into doing 08th MS team one because it's one of my favorites from childhood Two, it's one of the ones that is not 52 episodes long and I didn't want to do that to us thank you for that thank you yeah (laughs) um I mean we would have done like the first 10 episodes but it is fun when we can do having here's a complete story have you never watched Gundam before this this kind of a light breezy introduction introduction to it like I feel like I think I got Gundam. Not like, I don't think I could be quizzed on it, but like, I think I understand the broad stroke concept of Gundam. Mm-hmm. See, and 
as soon as you said Gundam, I was okay with it because I understand how influential it is to the genre. I just don't have any experience with Gundam. So I'm like, cool, whatever Gundam you say, I'm good with. Because mm-hmm. uh, No, I just like... <laughs> when it comes to... Steven it, kept being like, Eureka, so I was like, it's gonna be Gundam! <laughs> oh, no, that's just because I have no skin in the game on Gundam. <laughs> I know. And Gundam was not my first fandom, but it was one of the first ones... It was the second one after Star Wars that I really went like balls deep into. Like I know I can name almost every mobile suit that shows up in this. I usually know the like numbers. Like the the main suit in this is the RX-79G, which means it's the mass produced type of the mass produced ground type of like the Gundams. I I know too much about Gundam for a thing that I have not I have not but I've not been involved in Gundam since 2005 like i fell out of it in late high school and never because i didn't like it like the series at the time didn't really work for me and then i kind of moved out of anime for a while also jesus fucking christ they have so many goddamn series in this franchise Mm -hmm. yeah hard not to fall off eventually just because there's too much to fucking consume and some of it's come out and some of it's never been released in america and some of it like a lot of the shit i want to watch is a bitch to find a quick summary of what Gundam is. I don't remember who created it, but Gundam originally was launched as Mobile Suit Gundam in uh, 19, I think we said 79. And the original series is the story of the One Year War, which is where this takes place. Mm-hmm. The Space Nazis. That Zeon. blew my mind that this is supposed to take place during the same time frame. Mm-hmm. The, the Space Nazis, Zeon, attack the Earth. The Earth Federation is... The quote-unquote good guys, but they're never really that good because Gundam is mostly about the horrors of war. Uh, there's a whole lot of World War II stuff in it, and that's really interesting to watch, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then they started doing, they did sequel series, they did Zeta Gundam, they did ZZ, they did Shars. It, it goes on and on. Uh, the original creator is, I believe, bipolar? And is very open about the fact that what mood he's in heavily affects, so like... ZZ, one of the, like, the third series, is a slapstick comedy that's really jarring to a lot of Gundam fans. Victory Gundam, which is one of his later ones, is insanely dark, and he kills off at least one cast member by igniting the uh, beam saber on him while he's not in a mobile suit. Ooh. So, you've seen the beam sabers. Yeah, no, that's a... I, now, like, this is the guy that, and I can't track this down, but he did a different show, and he was terrified of it becoming big like Gundam, so he ended the series by blowing up the planet. So there couldn't that's be That's one way to do it. Follow-up. Oh, I could follow that up. Uh, and then in the 90s, they started doing side stories. Some of them are not in the same timeline. That's where stuff like Gundam Wing came from, which was a big one. Gundam Wing was the first big one in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did a bunch of side stories that connected to the, uh, this century is called UC, the universal century that connects kind of to the one year war. Oh, eight MS team is what are the little guys doing? Well, like the big war is happening. Uh, 0080, similar thing. 0083 is like, Hey, the war ended, but it's, you know, we're still feeling it ended like three years ago. What happens next? What happens to the remains? So it stopped being just this, like stop. And then it's really disconcerting because most of it's about the horrors of war. And then there's 
G Gundam, which is Dragon Ball Gundam. It's a fucking martial arts tournament in giant robots. It is awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's just a little disconcerting when you've been watching. But that one's also like an alternate reality yes, one, right? Yes, that's a different... Um, there's also like one where there's an alternate reality where it's it's basically that, that basically they flops the sides where it's basically the Federation is the evil ones. That's pretty variable. The f- or it or it's more specifically shown from Zeon's perspective. Yeah, um, there's. I mean, there have been several that do straight up just show it from Zeon's perspective, and yep. then there's also SD Gundams, which are just like Chibi Gundams, where they're not giant robots, but they're just Chibi Gundams, like I mean, having okay. adventures together, and there's. Uh, are build... they still made of metal? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Are you telling me it's basically like a Hello Kitty anime, but instead of Hello Kitty, it's a little Gundam? Yes, but there's more fighting happening. Oh, okay. It's actually not bad for SD Gundam, or there's Gundam Build a Fighter because, uh, especially in Japan, although all over the world, model building of Gundams is huge. So they just made that. It's kind of uh, uh, you've seen Big Hero Six, you know I the. Haven't yet. Oh my god! Okay. Oh, oh my it's fun. god! You should watch it. It's robot Somewhere wars between ours. <laughs> it's robot wars, but with little Gundam figurines. Let's put it that way. Like it's you know, it's Metabots, but with little mini Gundams. Okay. Uh, so the Gundam franchise has gone in wildly different ways, but the main series, Universal Century stuff, is mostly about darkness and sadness, with big robot explosions happening. I like big robot explosions. <laughs> I do occasionally like sadness. Especially when punctuated by big robot explosions. That's usually how I like it. I was surprised how much this actually held up for me. Not because, like, I knew it was good, but because I'm usually the person that wants more escapism in, like, of the three of us. That's 100% why I don't, why I have issues with this is that I like escapism too much. And uh, this is not an escapism. I've been trying to formalize like my way of uh, verbalizing how I feel about the show instead it's. I'm having a weird one with this one because on paper it's a bunch of things I should like and I don't have many, if hardly any, uh, complaints I could actually verbalize, but. Man, I had a fucking hard time paying attention, like, keep paying attention to this. For some reason, it just was not grabbing me. I also had a hard time with it. I feel like, for me, it was that it felt like somewhat of an anthology, kind of like, or it felt like there was large lapses in times between episodes that didn't feel like it was quite sequential to me, that I felt like I was just like, well, this is just a one-off episode, so I then just kind of checked out at points. I did have to go back and like restart a couple episodes at points. Oh, I rewatched the first four episodes like three times because I just kept tuning out and I don't, I still can't tell you why, like on paper, it's a bunch yeah, of I, shit. I like, it's a bunch of stuff. I like, I was going to say, I can't figure it because everything about it. I'm like, Oh, this is shit. Tyler. I mean, other than like, I know neither of you are huge. I mean, none of us are big military guys, but it's, like, yeah, that's the thing that generally will lose me is the more realistic, I was a like bit of a military guy when I was a kid. But that's I fair. Didn't... I think part of what makes 08th MS team work for me is kind of why the rogue squadron books work for me. Although it's not as like, here's a Maverick unit out doing its own stuff. But like, this is, I mean, they're not like, a. I mean, they're a basic unit, but they are a lot more 
willing to kind of buck orders, which I think helps with it. Although those first few episodes, it is a much more traditional military story. And I think it kind of works. You have to have those few episodes of here's what military life is. Here's what this group is to, to make the anti-war message stick a little stronger to like, See, and I also didn't feel much of an overall anti-war message at all in this. Uh, it, it, the whole thing felt weird to me that, like, Shiro's conversion to trying to be more of a, a, a pacifist whenever he can be uh, was based mostly on the power of boners. <laughs> And everyone else. I mean, don't never... underestimate the power of boners. Fucking half this world's done half its shit because the power of boners. And all the honesty. power of the penis is really. Or the premise <laughs> of someone touching a boner can get a lot of fucking work done in some books. And so... I'm not saying it's not there, but it felt a lot. It didn't feel backed up by many or any almost of the other characters. They were all just like jonesing to follow Shira. After episode like three, it's yeah. the the humanite. I, okay, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying. It is definitely the power of the boner turned him into a pacifist. Which I mean, how whatever you kill what gives you takes. a boner. Um, but I, I and for teen boys, which is the prime demographic of this show, that's a fucking direct line of like, well, I, <laughs> this makes I, sense. I get it. Uh, he, he got a boner. There is an interesting aspect. I do kind of wish the series, beyond just the fact that I fucking love the series, wish it had been maybe 20 episodes so they could have had a little more time to dive into some of the aspects yeah, there. I do agree with that. And that, uh, like, some of the characters felt a little unevenly just like, oh, so we're just, oh, you're just, okay, so that's just your backstory now. Got it. Okay. Just like thrown out at me. Like Karen's character for me felt like wildly blowing back and forth like early on, on in the series she felt like she was really like a hard ass just like the the pseudo commander of this group basically just despite um uh like shiro's the new guy she's shiro's kind the of guy. the real commander. she's the real she's commander. the sergeant she's yeah. the i mean she's not a sergeant but she's the one that gets shit done mm -hmm. yeah she's the one who's going to take the charge and get the shit done that needs to get done but then like midway through she's just like kind of like falls apart and i get it like we're obviously missing some stuff in between, but also, and she's also dealing with the horrors of war and having lost a partner and other things. And it's just like, it just felt like out of nowhere. When some of the episodes in the middle to me felt like the kind of episodes you would have in a longer series where you're kind of being uh, more fully introduced to some of the team members and seeing kind of what their weaknesses are and seeing how they kind of overcome it as a team. A quick thing that I wonder if this affects it, and I don't know, the director, the original director of the series who directed the first six episodes was killed in a car crash That's after right. I he did finished read about the sixth that. episode. Oh, and the wow. series was paused for like two or three years while they recovered from it. Mm -hmm. uh, it ends with the Opsilas flying off with uh, his Gundam attached. And then the next episode is what in high school we dubbed the Hot Springs episode. It's not. It's like them trapped on the mountain. Wild. See, I, I, I didn't read about that. that. that I knew okay. that. That's absolutely. And now, I don't know how Which, much that changed. Here's the thing. I, 
the back half is what I like more. I agree with like you. I do too. And, but like, that's also where it makes that shift into this, the, the setting where I'm actually starting to give more of a fuck about the other characters. It's where you see, um, after that point is where I'm forgetting his name, but, um, there's, let's see, there is Sanders, who is the Reaper, uh-huh. who yep. I just like, he's just, a you know, the, the musician, the classic tough guy, Elador, Elador, uh, like I, I it's after that Elador. point that he, like he, no, Elador gets injured before that. Oh, he gets injured because but... he gets injured before that, because while they're waiting in the desert is when they're listening to the radio and he called in to request his own song be right. played on the radio. Okay. I did actually really enjoy that part of it then. Um, uh, but like, I feel like everyone else gets more fleshed out in ways that I'm more interested in after that part. Probably. Yeah. Um, I fucking did not care for uh, Mikkel. Mikkel and his fucking love letters to BB. Mikkel is supposed to be annoying, so like I do understand that, but yeah. Mikkel, Mikkel, I understand, is supposed to be annoying. He seemed to be actively rooting against their squad like half of the time. <laughs> like, and just like really fucking bad at his job. Well, it's okay. Yes, there is definitely that. Part of it is Mikkel is the character. When you when you first meet the two characters that were introduced with Mikkel and Shiro, Mikkel does not want to be in this war, and he's a pessimist about it. And he is slowly kind of like brought to believe, not necessarily in the war, because none of them believe in the war by the end of it, but like brought to believe in like the people around him, and kind of think beyond himself and BB. I, I, whether that lands or not, we can discuss but like that's kind of the the character arc i got from mikhail while shiro is initially like super confident in the war and like yeah i'm going to face down zeon and like fight the good fight and we even get little bits of uh just a momentary flashback of why he might believe that way but by the end of it he's completely like oh god zeon's just they're just humans we should not be killing people murder is wrong (laughs) If I can change, then you can change. That's but, all it reminded me of was fucking Rocky Four. But also, <laughs> like, while murder is wrong, there is a thing about, like, you have to live in the world that you live in. He doesn't, whether he agrees murder is right or not, or whether he has realized that Zeon is a bunch of people as well, and, like, he understands that the soldiers, the other people, are the most part just dudes. or chicks in Ina's case but like just people i mean you do uh, I, you you do lose me in all honesty and it might be the power of the boner but like if you tell me it's just a bunch of dudes i'm less inclined to uh, care okay so dudes <laughs> was the wrong choice of word there but uh but that's uh, that's fully just vernacular and me a personal thing yeah okay it's just people and like okay he might hate the upper level of zeon but it's just people i the phrase I, I keep thinking about here is, I don't remember where I heard it, but it's everyone forgets that the first nation the Nazis invaded was Germany. And I think about that a lot because like Zeon has such obvious Nazi parallel to it. But a lot of Zeon people are just people. 
Guineas can die in every fire. I especially when you get to the fucking grand scale that they're at of like we're talking about colonies outside of Earth because Earth is so fucking overpopulated at this point that we needed to build space There's colonies. Several colonies circling around Earth. All of it takes place in Earth's in Earth's orbit, orbit but, but like it's we're so overpopulated that we have so many people that we're building colonies around Earth that like. They're fucking, they don't know Earth. They fucking living on a goddamn colony. This is, they're fighting for what their colony needs. Uh, something I, something I feel like this series did fail at a little bit was just uh, some of the different world building, like as coming from someone with no Gundam background, they don't do anything to separate the factions okay or explain who anybody is i actually thank you because i did want to bring this up because you mentioned that to me yeah as well. i did you have to go on this. Like, look up and stuff. i am curious you're 100 percent correct by the way I, I i know i'm fighting everything you guys are saying <laughs> but you're not wrong on your shit but what i am curious about because when i watched this as a kid wikipedia was not there or it was but not in like the level that we have it now you know a lot of this shit i was finding like technical manuals that i was buying i was looking it up in an america magazine let's really date me there was not like you didn't get stuff so i just knew when i was watching this series originally and i got on bits more because i started watching other gundam series pretty quickly like oh Z on one side, Federation the other side, and I didn't worry about it. And I wonder if that's because I was a kid or just because there is a thing, and we've talked about this before, in the modern day, for good or ill, we require so much more immediate backstory and world building. Well, here's the here's the only problem I have with how they did it was I think them not explaining too much between uh, about the different factions actually works very heavily in like where Shiro's character goes mm -hmm. because the whole point is we are just all people like we're we shouldn't be fighting each other we're just fucking homies like hanging out especially it's their fucking war they're the ones having problems like they can either come down here and deal with it themselves but we shouldn't be dying over this yeah I think that actually works really well but at no point did they like also point out like this is the reason why they we say we're having a war. I also wonder if some of this is coming from, I mean, in Japan, Gundam is so much bigger than in America. I wonder if some of that stuff was just kind of like, you're watching Gundam, of course you're going to But also like a this. sequel series really far down the line at this point. This is 95, original series 79. Mm -hmm. They have multiple series out beforehand. I feel like... Technically speaking, as a standalone piece of media, it should do a good enough job of explaining the stakes for everybody involved that theoretically you don't it doesn't need to spell it all out for me, but it does I should understand that's the antagonist, that's the protagonist, this is what the general feel is. I should get that. I, that's the thing. At some point I should understand what their argument was for the war, or whether even, or not it's valid or not. Okay. Yeah. That's or a, even I if they're intentionally obscuring that that needs to be then understood that they're intentionally obscuring that like or give me a reason to understand that necessarily you don't need to tell me that but like i felt like i i did end up having to like go read a couple of primers on gundam to just better understand the universe it's like okay so these people are fighting these people this I, is the general setting this is what's going on i guess i would say the kind of the only argument 
and it's kind of what you were saying with it makes Shiro's point is like the whole point of this series is not about the larger war or the larger conflict, but kind of just the people stuck in this moment in the conflict. Like there's a bit after the Opsilus blows up and after it's destroyed the base, he's, he's like, guess the war is over. I'm like, this isn't even like, this is just some fucking Yahoo over on a side <laughs> thing, making his own doomsday machine. They're still like, we're, we're talking about fucking colonies and, and planets. Yeah. There's this, a, like, this is, this is a side story of a side story. There, this asshole's um, just off on his own steez doing who God knows what enough that he could just kill some people and get away with it. Not the end. So, like, I guess I could argue the point where I see where they're going, but from again, I'm having to remember that whether I'm current on Gundam or not, I used to be so <laughs> deep in the world of Gundam that like it's just burned in my brain. So for me, like you know exactly st- what's going on right now. Yes, and I'm having to be like, oh shit, okay, like, and you know, I dived into shit when watching Eight the Mess Team. It's not like I watched it completely in a vacuum, but like also the world and the age that I was in. And man, there's a lot of shit that I did not necessarily like catch or find as interesting when I was 12 in middle school and watching this because I was 12. Puberty was hitting me like a motherfucker. So I was also thinking with my boner, like I was like, yeah, she was right. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I still agree with Shiro, but from, like, a much deeper perspective. Well, back then, I was like, giant robots and Ina's naked. Like, let's do this. (laughs) Both things can be true. (laughs) Also, at the time, I was like, Kiki, why are you? And I'm like, oh, she's young. There's a big enough age Mm -hmm. difference. I will say the age difference in these are a little vague in most things. Yeah, that's the wild thing now um, that I actually think about it. How old is Shiro supposed to be versus like... Kiki is like, I think, Kiki. 18-ish, I think. And see, I was definitely uh, getting like a 16, 17 kind possible. of feel. Shiro's so, probably like 21. The Gundam Wiki... And I was guessing Shiro was supposed to be like 18, Shiro at 23. Okay, a little older. Weird. And then I was guessing like Karen and uh, Ray, is it the, or who's the Reaper? Uh, uh, Sanders. Sanders. I was guessing they're like in like 20, they're going to be about 25. I bet you. Uh, Sanders 29. And what was the other one we were saying? Karen. Karen. Uh, Which I do did laugh about every time she's like, call me Karen. And I'm like, well, that means something (laughs) different today. Uh, 26. Okay. I do laugh. It's not as big in this one, but there's a lot of characters in Gundam who are like, I'm just an old fogey. And then like you look up their age and they're like 33 years old. Now, like, now I, get fucked. I need, I need to look up how old that uh, the guy with the cowboy hat is the, the old. Oh, uh, he's probably older, but he's like, he's like 12. And I do understand that a lot of these characters that are like the older characters, they're pilots. You don't pilot into a war zone nearly as much when you're like over 30 just because it's harder on the body but key they're putting at 17 okay okay so yeah that definitely would be uncomfortable for me if i were uh 23 and a 17 year old was hitting on me yeah it was like oh i'm out don't ever see me again (laughs) child you're cool we can be friends but also 
Nope, can't be friends. I have teenagers that I consider at least friendly. Well, that's where we draw the line. I, I don't know any fucking little <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> How fucking dare they exist to remind me I'm an old man. No, be understood. There's heavy, I mean, they're mostly through Belagar, so there's heavy boundaries. They're like, can I come over to your house to build stuff? I'm like, you sure can't. Also, this is a bit. I have no problem with the youth. No, I, just, so we're all, just so we're clear, I also I, I'm not interested in the youth. Is the bigger issue of why I don't have 17 year olds friends. So can I can I come? I'm like I live 30 miles outside of town. No, I'm not at asking your dad if you can come to my farm in the middle of nowhere. Fuck off. Fair. <laughs> Very fair. But um. Where were we? Uh, Gundams. Uh, Gundams. Ages. Okay. Guineas is the creepiest motherfucker on the planet. Guineas is Ina's older brother, the creator of the Opsilus. The old guy is 61. Okay, he's 61 that's lived a hard life. He's lived a real hard <laughs> life, that guy. Based Guine- off the, fact, the amount that we see him drinking, yes. Uh, Guineas, uh, just for the record, aged uh, 27. Just because we're... <laughs> Aging all of them. Guineas was also powered by his boner originally towards his sister, I think, which is terrible. But like his relationship to her in those early episodes is really uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. And uh, later towards it reminded his... me of Gladiator. Oh, God. Still haven't seen it. Probably won't ever. It's worth seeing. But yeah, I the Mad Gladiator. Emperor wanted to fuck his sister. Uh, but and then later on, Guineas straight up wanted to have sex with his murder robot. His extremely blow-upable murder robot. And I assume <laughs> probably with his sister in it. I don't know. Like, once he stops taking them pills, his not caring about his sister seems to <laughs> cease. And that was a thread line that also kind of, like, I missed I missed the plot on of, like, what, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah. Never gets explained? Yeah. He's just, he's just fucked up. I also watched it and didn't necessarily... Uh, the dude is... He's uh, just a fucked up little freak. Unbalanced at best. Got it. Her turning on him happens extremely fast. Again, I think this series could have used about five more episodes, but... So, because you are more versed in Gundam, I was curious, do... Because this was a little bit different than I was expecting. Do all the series treat the Gundams in a so much more quasi-realistic role of just being kind of advanced tanks? needing like a support system around them this one leans into that more than most do but it is not uncommon with the exception of like gundam wing where there are these god mobile suits the five gundams are like fucking damn near impossible there is almost always like the mechanics and the ground crew that help run stuff and there's not usually people in a hover truck following around but like see that's where i was more uh, I guess asking about was because like this this Gundam crew has like an actual like, the original... support system like they're covering their blind spots like there's times where a Gundam is going to be noticeable so the other crew's laying down some sort of like cover fire that is not wildly uncommon and that felt like to me more a matter of like we don't have enough Gundams for all y'all fucks you get to be in the hover tank the original series um, hits a little differently because one, a thing of the one year war is part of the reason why Xeon was so effective at the beginning is because they had mobile suits and the other side didn't. Mm. So they just, you know, came in 
Blitzkrieg style. There's so many World War. We when we were talking about this, I was like, it's Gundam Vietnam. No, it's Gundam. It it's World War II Pacific Front. Yeah. I, but the, the movie starts with basically Zeon like we got mobile suits everywhere and that fucking. I forget his name, Ray something. Amaro Ray. Amaro Ray is has the, like the only one. The son of an engineer who's mm-hmm. working on this project to give the Federation mobile suits. And he just like, oh shit, I'ma hop in this guy. And he's got uh the idea is there's, you know, this ship, the white base is what it's called, that is trying to get to Earth with the Gundam to help kind of turn the war around get more mobile suits out the there. only this prototype is, and it is copy this and we're good to go yeah and it's the fucking god suit like compared uh, to anything that the gundams can do here the the rx-78 is so much better yeah like it's got the it's got all the bells and whistles it's made of all the good stuff. this is the mass-produced version of that and then this is kind of the story of like all right we've started mass producing these we're really holding the line better than we were before let's Look at what those people are. There was always, you know, the Gundam almost never launches alone. There's people there. There's uh, the the bridge crew of the white base are a huge part of it. The mechanics are a huge part of it. And it's a little different because a lot of the crew of the white base are survivors of a colony that got blown up. It's got kind of They're a, basically like, like refugees who just like, oh, well, we can't act, we don't have time to drop you off back at your colony. Um, you are now just fucking crew for us. Yeah, we don't have enough crew and you don't have anywhere to go. So I guess you're crew now. <laughs> Strap in, folks. Learn to learn to do a fucking Gundam thing. <laughs> yeah. Your crew, your crew, you work on the Gundam and uh, you're going to be flight crew, I guess. You get to work the turrets. But, you know, like, okay, I also rewatched Power Rangers Once in Future or Once and Only or, or whatever the fuck. Whatever I, it's or, called, or, yeah. Uh, the Once in Future Ranger. Yeah. Once Ranger, Always Ranger. I don't know. Uh, So, like... It's definitely not that, like, they've summoned the giant robot, and now we're cool. Like, it's like, this is the real world, except the giant robot is now somewhere between tank and aircraft. Because mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I, in my giant mech fandom, I come from more of the, like, how they're used in, like, Super Sentai series. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, I don't know, like, Mech Warrior was some of my... Like and, formative PC games. And when I say Gundam changed the genre, that's really what I mean by it, adding it a level of realism. That, quote, real robot, like subgenre of the giant robots. I mean, Bef- reason, before that, they were really all super robots. They were Gigantor. Yeah. Gigantor. The reason Big O looks like it does is because they wanted to do still a realistic robot, but not the Gundam aesthetic. Yeah, that was an interesting component, and it they definitely play it way more in the the Gundam movie that I started watching, where it's like the dude fucking just runs out of light beam um, ammunition real quick. He has like five fucking rounds. And yeah, there's a couple times where he's like, "I got my sword. Sure hope I'm okay." <laughs> like, and it's like, "Oh fuck, I did not realize I went through those that quick." Uh, one thing that this series definitely doesn't bother to touch on, other than the final episode, which I kind of, which I do want to get to in a sec. Uh, is the concept of the new type, which is a huge thing in a lot of Gundam, which is the idea that as humans travel out and live in space, they will naturally evolve into becoming psychics slowly to communicate. The the reason why is I don't remember and kind of dumb, but like space. Yeah, literally like because we're living in space and so much more separated 
through the darkness and the void, we have to find other ways to communicate with each other or something. But the point is humans start developing psychics and the military industrial complex gets their hands on them. And a lot of Gundam is how the military industrial complex destroys these kids' lives. Hey, you're a psychic. You could probably find people in the darkness of space. That'd be helpful. What um, if you controlled these laser guns with it? You want to <laughs> be in a giant fighting robot? That will probably get you murdered. Let's experiment Granted, on you. If I had psychic abilities and somebody was like, do you think you could control these lasers with it? I'd be like, I'm definitely going to find out. Yeah, no. Oh, I understand. We're going to find being, out. It's being forced to. That sucks. It's in the same way that Gundam <laughs> is a giant anti-war message, yet Jason, my buddy Jason and I were in, super into Gundam as kids. That's like what we bonded over. And he was the best man at my wedding. So, like, let's put the influence there. We were both very aware. We're like, we're rapidly anti-war. It's 2003. We are fucking aware that this fucked up. But if the army put out Gundams next week, we would probably sign up still. Oh, like, I'm definitely joining up to steal a fucking Gundam, and then I'm joining the Resistance. Like, I'm just going to walk off with that thing yeah, the you can second they let the me alone. Which is, like, Amaro's rebuilt Gundam. I'm going to go hang out with Kiki and her family. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like, nobody's fucking up this village. <laughs> my village. No, no not my village. village. Their village. Their village. Mine to protect. Mine to protect. My duty. My sworn duty. I think my favorite episode of this series, and this is where I'm going to say, stand by it, is when they're trying to attack the base, and uh, I can't think of his name. The ace pilot that's like a father to Ina. Uh, um, Norris. Yeah. Leaves in, I know it's the goof. Like, that's what it's called. You guys are going to go, the blue mobile suit. And he has his fight with uh, Shiro. I'm going to say, hands down, my favorite giant robot fight of all time. That, and whether you agree, that is. No, it's so, a high quality giant robot. It's no, so it's, beautifully it's top scripted. Tier. It's top tier. And like the moment that they're like, uh, because we spent this whole time going, oh, he must be good. We've seen bits of it. You know, he did okay in his much shittier Zaku that he was using. And, like, he's clearly, like, the number two guy. But then the moment he actually starts going through the process of, like, taking out the tanks, and you're like, oh, fuck. This dude's so cool. He's so good at it. Oh, shit, I didn't even think you could do that. <laughs> it's the, like... Putting the uh, grapple through the top of the roof so he'll fall, but only so far. Right. So, like, that the shot dope. after him was missing, and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm, I was in the same place that Shiro was. I'm like, And then the mother's oh, like, no. thanks for the exit. And I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, that was pretty rad. That was rad. I like, I don't, I like the whole back half. Everything in the back half is good. And yeah. Nothing's bad. I, no, but the second half is decidedly better. And part of it is, I think... It's kind of like some of the issues that you had with the earlier parts of Comey. Sometimes you need to set up in a lot of West Fuck me. That is one of the worst parts of anime. In all honesty, it doesn't. Ha it doesn't take a pilot to get through you, like through the setup of it, like American TV. It it takes like fucking four episodes to it's get. It's not exclusive to anime though. Like a lot of Western genre television, you generally have to give the first season a pass. Look at fucking Star Trek: The Next Generation. There's some gold in that first season, but you mostly have to go through 24 episodes of garbage. Yeah, I will agree. Also, most of the first season of Supernatural is some of my favorite episodes, but also fucking hot, hot garbage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Genre oh, fiction 
takes a while. And when you only have 12 episodes, that's tough to have it when three of them you're like, I can tell you're going to be cool, but you need to get your shit together. But that's Shortcut, also- power of boners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should just say that in the beginning. I, used it's multiple times in bonus. this. Because it's also power of mm, Kiki's lady boner towards Shiro. Oh my god. Okay, maybe not everything in the back half I like, because I feel like this series is stronger without that last episode. That's what I wanted to get into. Um, yes, I'll, I will agree. I do enjoy that last episode. I, I like it. It definitely felt like a, well, we need to set up another sequel series. We got some other shit we need you to see, so, so we're going to just like fucking come up with something. It feels tacked on. It definitely feels tacked on. I will admit that I definitely got teary during the credits of the episode 11. I was just like, they just like kind of roll out episode, the episode. 11 is the like, best oh, episode of the series it's got the oh best gundam fight it's got some great stuff you get to watch shiro punch a fucking giant laser exploding mm-hmm. um my buddy jason and i real quick on back on the goof stuff the bit where he starts screaming i'm going to live and rips off the broken arm of his mobile suit and beats another mobile suit to death with it we got so much fucking comedic mileage out of that <laughs> i'm gonna live I very much remember the scene that I was like, I got, I got like emotionally teary during was like they're walking out together, um, and they start the calling us. Uh, oh, of the cave, and um, and Shiro says we'll uh, we'll carry the burden together, and I was like, oh my god, especially as someone who recently got engaged. Yeah, that's going to really like, hit oh. for you. See, I would have not done that. I would have ended like I liked it with the end credits going, and there's like the remains of a camp implying they might have been alive. I would not have shown any proof that Shiro and Ina survived. The bit that got me is when they're all like running, refusing to admit there's any chance that he died calling for it. And especially Elidor being like, newbie, still calling you newbie. <laughs> like, Well, and then just the, the flat delivery of like the war ended a couple months later or whatever. Yeah. Very, very reminiscent almost of like, uh, the, the black adder goes forth fade to poppies. A little bit. Um, or not, you know. This show makes me think of MASH, oddly, because it's another one that's just about these people who are in the war, not by choice, just trying to survive. And it's not about the broader political implications. It's just about the people. Uh, the final episode, I think it's a well-done thing. I think it's really interesting. It very much amuses me that half of the uh, kids are voiced by people who acted in Digimon. Um, but, I, um, I have a question that well, I, I had a question I, I missed too. In the, in, I missed the thread on it. How long in between that episode and uh, eleven and twelve? Do we get it like a uh, years later? I don't know. I would guess maybe a year or two. Because Mikkel is out of the service. Yeah, Mikkel's out of the service. BB is straight up remarried. B- yeah, BB is remarried and has or, had or, a kid. Or married and had a kid. So at least fucking, I'd say, two years. I would guess it's been at least a year. Which means BB fucking broke up with him, like, He's real like, quick. Well, my commander died. And she's like, well, I'm pregnant with someone else. Bye. Bye. <laughs> peace. You never mailed me that letter, Mikkel. I, um, I thought you died. So. Uh, Bye. 
Yeah, I don't think they actually in the episode like give you like a how long sense. It might just be like the I am going over. to guess a maximum of three years, a minimum of a year. It's long enough that the shorter it is, the funnier it is to me. <laughs> From that standpoint, if then Mikhail got real fucked over. Ina's <gasps> visibly pregnant in the very moment that we see her. So it has to at least be six months. Yeah, at least six months. But also the shorter it is, the funnier it is to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I just combed over some information. I couldn't find any. Nobody's like, it must be this long because of this. It's just like, nope, this just happened in the last episode. It's I, also fucking weird. Like, okay, so, so we wait, get... I had a question, too. Yeah, yeah. What was your question? Do you actually think that Shiro and Ina are, al are alive at the end of the episode? Yeah. What, what reason do you have to think it's fake? So the existence of the children beforehand was already called into question. And then when you actually get to that scene, they don't actually interact with them nor say anything to them. They look like Shiro looks at him, looks like he's about to say something and then doesn't. Yeah, but like uh, and the entire uh, thing before was Mikhail already called runs into up question. and like interacts with him, doesn't he? Doesn't they interact with him. Touch? He okay. drops to his knees before he actually gets no, there. No, Kiki drops to her knees. He's... No, but Mikhail also drops to his knees before he actually gets to Shira. They don't actually interact with each other. I oh, weird. I, I think Shiro is. I don't think they make that fucking episode and ha not have them be alive, or. It, or, like, I don't think they go, get to that point and not have them be there and, like, show that and not have them actually be alive. It would feel weird to do that. And then it's like, but they were ghosts. They just did that with the kids beforehand. Yeah, but, I'll, okay, I'm... That's where like, the, the, the prime is priming clearly... the pump. And then, are they or are they not? Fuck, I might never rewatch this last episode now that I'm thinking about it. I think the kids are real. The kids are definitely new types. They're deaf. I mean, I know from other series that Xeon was ex taking new type kids and experimenting on them. And they, the whole fucking creepy children of the corn, like they live on in us. Their spirit, our spirits are one. Our minds are one. And Cece's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, that's super literal. That's like, <laughs> um, you don't realize how literal this is. <laughs> And they're like, oh, maybe they're never here. I'm like, no, they're just fucking creepy new types. That's just how they They're roll. just creepy little fucking psychic kicks. They're all fucking weird. We were having moments before that of like, okay, they definitely, like, Shiro and Aina could have maybe taken these kids with them to their cabin. And then the kids disappeared. I'm like, okay, right. They're creepy new types. They can, if they wanted to bounce from that, they could. But also, like, it seemed like they were pretty pot committed to just, like, being with them. Why did they not take them? Why did they not go? That. And if, if they didn't go, then why the fuck did they tell these people about this information? Yeah, I have lots more questions now that I actually think about this. The final episode. Also, is... I'm going to point out that part, I think part of the way that episode plays out the way it does is Japan loves their ghost stories. Japan does love their ghost stories. Part of the way that that the thing of that episode, I think it does help build the like. This is really just about the average person sucked into the war, whether they want it or not. And that everyone in the war, everyone on the ground is just someone doing their best to survive. But it doesn't actually build the character of anyone at all, other than maybe finding out that Mikkel is going to not 
be with BB anymore, which thank fucking Christ. And maybe not be as worthless. Mikkel was actually making some progress by the end there. Like episodes 10 or 11, like he's still fucking not where he's supposed to be in life. Like he's not built for where they put him. His interactions with Kiki is the only thing that merited his existence in my book of like, okay, you guys talking and interacting. Okay. Okay. I like it with, uh, I, I liked the bit where like the commander guy, the, the high up commander guy has like turned on his general or whatever. And it's like, all right, we got to go arrest Shiro, uh, but not murder him. Fucking you oh, fired yeah. on a hospital ship. What the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, he's like, I think that's really cool. And because it's just like, shut up kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, he's just supposed to be the kid. And that's really what it is. And unfortunately it's really annoying because. Why is that a fucking thing in anime? It's so fucking annoying to me. This is my biggest complaint about Eureka seven, just to get off uh, di- <laughs> this anime onto a different mecha anime. The main character Renton is just a little shit of a fucking child. He's constantly just a little fucking prick of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think also part of it is it's an army thing or a war thing. And I mean, you don't like war stories either. So like that lines <laughs> up with it. And I think it's probably true, especially these people did not, Mikkel did not sign up. Mikkel was drafted. Like, I don't think they ever explicitly say it, but there's no way Mikkel, like, signed up for a tour of duty. And so Mikkel is the kid who shouldn't be in the military, but got signed up because everyone is signed up, who's just trying to survive and is a pain in the ass because of it. And see, I fully didn't get that at certain points. It felt like they were trying to set him up to be like also like a Gundam pilot that just like for some reason, uh, this little bitch, he gets to be in the hover tank. Well, they have him pilot a Gundam at one point because uh, in the, the desert episode, because right. he's so fucking traumatized from being tortured with Elador and then watching Elador get shot to shit like the episode before fucked Mikkel up. Yeah. And actually that made me a little more because I remember watching that episode as a kid being like, I fucking hate this character. And then watching him here and being like, oh, you have so much PTSD right now. I hated you before. Now I um You're still annoying, don't get me wrong. You're still annoying, but I can't be mad at you anymore because I know the horrors you've gone through. At least past this point. I'm still gonna hold everything before this. Oh, especially you. that first episode. He's <laughs> such a little Yes, such a little bitch. I keep using There's this phrasing nothing, and I don't okay, love it. But a little that's bitch the only is way. one thing. He's a cynical little bitch, which is the most annoying. Oh, there's no way he lived. Can we just get moving? Yeah, guys? that's the like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, up. and then like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Thought removed or whatever. He says a fucking very particular phrasing of that's it. That's a, I think that is part of a, I, with, I withdraw my comment. Yeah, something, something like, like that, that along those lines. Which is basically like, I know I fucked up. Sorry. Oh, I just said what you did were too embarrassed to say. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I didn't like him in the first episode. He was probably my least favorite character throughout the whole series, but that's not important. Oh, actually, no, I really did not care for the brother. I can't remember his name. I didn't. I didn't care. You're not supposed to. (laughs) Yeah, but he's one. Also, fucking wild that he's like, "All right, you guys help me build the ops list. Now I'm going to poison you all, and then I'm going to fucking blow you up with a grenade." I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I just the grenade is. 
No, I just, I, I really didn't care for Elidor until the episode where he requested his own song and that entire episode sort of just like brought him together for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, you're cool. I, I, I was like, you. oh, you're that guy. <laughs> now I understand you. Yeah. Elidor, I think is the one that makes me think most of MASH. Yeah. Cause I could see him mm-hmm. hanging out with Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I do have. I do want to mention the very fun realization that uh, that I I don't remember any of the character names, but I just had the realization like, oh, this guy, that's Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, he's one of the Xeon uh, Z- uh, um, higher ups who gets just like he's marked. the general that like doesn't believe in sleeves and tore him off his uniform. Yeah, he's constantly wearing a sleeveless uniform and also constantly has like the top three buttons undone, and I was like. Oh, that's that guy. He does the voice of Cosmo on Fairly Odd Parents. He's also the janitor and uh, mm-hmm. Ned something survival guy. Declassified. Um, uh, which I watched way too much of. It's wild that I kind of like him, even though when you first meet him, he's like creepy womanizer, but it doesn't take long that you're like, oh, no, you're just. Oh, you're a big picture guy. You realize this is just an absolute horseshit that this guy. He's on a fucking glory project for some trying to build some. Well, and he does believe in the cause, but he also believes in keeping his people alive to see the cause, which is exactly he's the only commander who is like that in this entire show. Yeah, like he's like, none of this matters what you're doing here with this bullshit, like research and development of a of fancy ass Gundam. We already have death machines. Let's just go kill each other. We're going to get that done, and then we're just going to get back to... Mm -hmm. This is wasted effort. There's a kind of MacArthur element to him, but circled through what Japan thought was cool in the 90s. I see Uh, that. It's interesting, with the World War II elements, because I watch this from an American aspect, I'm so used to American views on World War II, we're the good guys... Nazis are the bad guys, and obviously Nazis are bad, and Zeon is not quite Nazis, but there's a definite Nazi theme to it, especially because it's Nazis took over, basically Nazis took over a real group, which has a bit of a Stalin Karl Marx aspect to it, Mm -hmm. too. But, like, both sides are bad, but the Federation is slightly less bad. I wonder if it's because, I don't know, Japan, I'm so fascinated by Japan's view of World War II because it was at least as a traumatic event for them as it was for us, but in such a different way because when World War II ended, America was able to be like, we're heroes. And like for the most part, like beyond Hawaii, we didn't see a lot of fucking Uh actual war on our continent. But Japan... The the government that had been running in some form for centuries is done. The you know, the Nazis were their allies, but also like were definitively bad. The the it, World War II is so much more gray from Japan's point of view, and I'm so fascinated by that. Yeah, that's actually a, an interesting standpoint of it's I, much I less of a like this. Medal of Honor first person shooter like hero video game view of of it yeah i don't have anything to add to that <laughs> i'm sorry i just uh, no no i'm just thinking about that it's a very good thought i haven't actually considered that proponent of it component of it war's bad war's <laughs> bad <laughs> but i don't know like the way gundam looks at it is so much more mm-hmm. 
new uh, not uh, nuanced. I definitely think that it's inherently important to tell stories about war and like the atrocities of it so that you can better understand it and understand that like hey fucking war's bad I've seen enough military movies and enough fucking things that was like oh hey yeah I know we should not be wanting to kill people um if you want a if I mean, I know you said Gundam's not really a thing. If you want something that does have a war is bad, but with a less of a, like, heavy militarized setup, Gundam Wing might be more your speed. It does have some more of the, like, god power Gundams mowing down huge numbers of enemies. Yeah. It does have kind of a commentary on the dangers of drone warfare, but, like, years before drone warfare really started, because they start having mobile suits that aren't piloted that are computer piloted oh interesting and uh the characters don't have that whole support system they're just like five teenagers with attitude who all kind of hate each other recruited and like kind of are forced. they color-coded no damn uh they are kind <laughs> of like forced to work together even though they're definitely like not wanting to be a team and it uh, the sh- there's interesting shifting alliances there is a strange like aye, aye, aye. Thank you. There is like a strange Victorian like stylization and politics to like the upper echelon that's kind of jarring that like robot fights are happening everywhere and then you look and it's like the upper class are all wearing like, you know, fancy Victorian dresses or like all of the military uniforms have what is that epaulets the like old shoulder things on them. It's fucking weird, but I actually do enjoy it. I did enjoy this overall. I just, I don't know why it didn't grab my attention. Yeah, it happens. With the caveats of, like, I'm not a person who, like, I I don't gravitate towards things that are examining war and especially the more realistic, which, like, that's weird to save with this and that it feels like it's more grounded of, like, we're actually examining the horrors of war, which made it feel more grounded to me. They took the, like, all right, it's giant robots, but we're going to put what would that be in the real world? in a much more of a way that I appreciate. Um, uh, that's a thing that I never care for really personally or ever seek out personally. With that said, I thought this was a fucking great anime. I thought it was fucking rad. There's some really cool fight sequences. There's the animation itself is gorgeous. I know. Oh, that. Yes. Thank you. This is my favorite era of anime. I think animation wise and not like, okay, we talked about Komi. Komi's fucking gorgeous. Food Wars does some gorgeous stuff on it, but this is the kind of the end of the hand drawn animation era. And they were so fucking good at it at that point. Uh, I mean, in the same era, this comes out. Cowboy Bebop comes out. The original Trigun comes out. Like, it, it's just banger after banger after banger. Also, also DBZ, which I don't care for as much. But, like, you know, I respect it for what it is. It's there. It exists. People love it. I watched it after school. I do think I would not have been as, like, I, I know I came in, like, defensive about this series. And part of it is this is two times in a row that I've kind of swung and missed with, like, I think Tyler will like this. And you're like... Fine. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, I, and then, okay, no, I, I enjoy know, this. I know. More. I enjoyed Comey, and I enjoy this more than Comey. No, I, <laughs> I just like. And also, just to update everybody on that same front, I watched Comey season two. I really enjoyed it, and I, uh, I think I recommend it to Tyler as a thing that uh, a soft recommendation of knowing where he landed on season one. 
I think you might enjoy season two more. Cece and I definitely watched season two. And after I told her that that was your like, there's no stakes. Anytime anything happens, Cece was like, what does Tyler mean? There are no stakes. He has to give a chocolate away. (laughs) And then we watched this, uh, which was fucking culture shock of the two. (laughs) He gives her a candy. (laughs) On Valentine's Day. On Day. On White Day. (laughs) That's right. That's on White Day. (laughs) Dude. She calls his name (laughs) semi-loudly. Okay, we're we're done. Luckily, next time we're going into something that if someone's not going to be into it, it'll be Steven or I. And also, we know we're all going to be into it because it's fucking Miracle Workers. Yeah, season four. Dude, I can't wait for you guys to see season four. Um it is the most parody heavy of them. There's a few. Uh, that's what I'm going to be most curious about because I don't know the post-apocalyptic genre like you do. I'm curious because I only really know it from Mad Max. There's a lot of Mad Max. There's a lot but of like, Mad Max. It's like and 90% Mad okay, Max. Okay, there's clearly some Fallout 3 as well in there. Yes. Like, what else? Uh, other than Fallout 3, I guess. But I always felt like Fallout 3 it feels like it's a, like a road warrior Mad Max like adjacent. True. Influenced. Uh, I will say some of it. It's hard to explain how, but some of it does feel more Fallout than Mad Max. Okay. We will talk about it next week, but I think... And I don't know how to explain that, and maybe that's what my personal assignment for myself would be. Waterworld. There's a little bit of Dune. Ooh. I think part of it, and again, we'll talk about this mostly next week. There's some Terminator. I think oh. Mad Max kind of defined what the post-apocalypse looks like thematically oh. for a long time. That's got me really excited for it. <laughs> yep. But that's next time. In the meantime, we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, Also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, Email us, generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. While you're there, check out all of our back catalog, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, Go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.